0: Welcome to Thrive at Work, a podcast which offers insights and latest employment trends to help employers attract, retain and develop great people with me, Polly Rathbone-Ward. With special guests, we're going to be discussing the many and varied aspects of HR, from practical topics to overarching cultural themes. We'll be looking beyond traditional styles of management to bring new and people centred ideas to forward thinking organisations that want to shape a new future where people can thrive at work. Hello, and welcome to Thrive at Work. Motivation what is it, and how do we know if our team members are motivated? How does this impact the workplace? And what are the costs if your team at work are not motivated? These are all pressing questions that business leaders might be considering regarding the performance and management of their teams. My guest today is Mark Terrell, founder of First Class Coaching Solutions, a coach and mentor for business leaders who want and need to focus on getting the best from their team. So welcome, Mark. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Polly, for the invite. I'm looking forward to our uh, conversation.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Um, So if we maybe just go right back to basics and think about what is motivation in a work context Mm -hmm. and what impact does this have on the team and the organization when people have their motivations met or maybe when they don't have their motivations met.
1: Okay, so basic then let's just break down what motivation is as a word. Uh, The word means motive and action. So the, the motive is our reason, the action is the thing that we do because of it. So essentially, motivation is something that makes us do something. So because we have a reason, we do something. So if we put that into a business context, we want everyone at work to have the reason that they come to work met and that they are doing things because they want to do them. Mm. That that's be the simplest way to, to describe what motivation is and also how important it is at work. Because if we are not getting our motivations fulfilled... Ultimately, uh, we can be performing quite well on a short term basis, but on a long term basis, um, our motivations, if they drift, uh, then our energy levels drift and then ultimately our performance uh, starts to, um, to fail a bit.
0: Right. So the impact of perhaps not having our motivations met is really around energy and performance levels, would you say?
1: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Energy is key because if we we have energy, you know, basically every every transaction we have is a transfer of energy. And if we are, for instance, in a customer service role, if we are having our motivations fulfilled, we have good energy. Then we have, we transfer that energy to the job that we are trying to do and serve our customers. And it's the same in the in the sales scenario. It's a transfer of energy with any with any sales um, conversation and transaction so if we're in a place where we have lots of energy then there's it's almost like this invisible force Mm. which um which people feel and let's face it people want to work and are attracted to people that are motivated because they have an energy around them
0: Mm, yeah absolutely so I'm definitely aware sometimes speaking personally of you know sometimes I wake up in the morning and I feel I guess for want of a better word very motivated to get on with my work and some days less so and I guess there are lots of different environmental factors that impact all of that but Mm -hmm. could that be to do with the the nature of the work or um, my interactions throughout the day that I'm going to have and I'm excited or not about them (laughs) or how does that all work
1: well yeah who 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 knows what is actually going on during the day it might be something that happened the previous day so I know mm-hmm. if I've had, had a good day the day before where I've felt really alive and motivated then that tends to sort of um transfer to the next day um and vice versa if I've had a bad day the next day then you get up the next day and, and your energy, energy levels are, are low and that's why it's so important to be in touch with those things that give you energy um but you know each day we know what it feels like you've just described there what it feels like when i'm lacking motivation so most people when they think about motivation think well where can i get motivation from so they might have a a strategy around that they might you know sometimes i use like youtube i go to a youtube channel and watch things that sort of give me energy it might be something that's uh, inspiring it might be something that makes me laugh whatever But actually, if we think about it in a different way, what we need to think about is that motivations aren't from within, as I mentioned about motive to take action. So these are drives from within us. So if we can tap into them and understand what we need to do to fulfill them, then we can avoid those days where we feel a bit lacking and we can connect and realize, why am I feeling like this? And sometimes, um, for, for instance, for me, one of my top motivators what it is my top motivator is is innovation and, and solving problems so I've gone for a, a lot of period where I've maybe done a lot of say admin work and all that sort of stuff which doesn't really fulfill me then I get the fit you know I get to that point where I'm getting a bit sort of this is a bit you know a bit um, um, not really fulfilling what I really want to do so what I need to do then is tap into well how can I help somebody today and sometimes it's just a reaching out to someone having a conversation how's things going and they might share something with you and then just by having a conversation you feel well actually I've I've helped someone solve a problem today and that gives me energy so it's knowing what gives you energy and what you need to do uh, rather than looking for you know like a YouTube channel actually when you tap into the things that really give you energy you can take action that really do uh, fulfill them those motivators
0: Mm. I think you know YouTube and things can be incredibly inspiring and it can motivate you to take action I think sometimes when you think oh my gosh that makes complete sense I'm going to transfer that into what I'm doing in my work Mm -hmm. Um, but um, yeah I wonder if it's more about providing the environment that is more conducive to being motivating to you as an individual at that time
1: yeah well well, youtube's particularly useful for me in that i am again i'm driven by knowledge and learning things so uh, and youtube's a great channel for that and also as i learn better when i'm watching things it's, it's a double whammy for me so going there watching something and learning something gives me energy and so what we've got to do is make sure that we don't fall into trap of expecting everybody to do the same thing as we know everyone's different and where we get oh. um, energy is is uh, different. So it's, it's finding the strategy that works for you. So understanding what gives you mo- what drives those and fulfill those motivations, and then having a strategy around fulfilling them. It's like, you know, we don't. Um, if if we want to get fit, we don't just run one marathon and say, no, I'm now fit." and I no longer need to do any running I'm now a fit person it doesn't work like that we've got to obviously keep looking after our health and eat well and keep exercising to maintain our fitness so in the same way with motivation if you're doing taking action on a regular basis to fulfill your motivations then it, it works in the same way you're maintaining those levels of motivation mm,
0: brilliant and in a work context um I know that we've both throughout our careers come from uh, come across managers who are leading a team and they've perhaps you know they've they've um they've been promoted from a place because generally they are generally very good at what they do and they get promoted to a position of leading a team but as we know um it's very different skill set leading a team than from you know doing what they're very good at and um I think sometimes that they, they can lack those skills and have some sort of misconceptions around how to motivate a team or how to lead a team so that they are motivated to perform better. What what's your view on that?
1: Well, I think there's two there's two things to think about here is the skills and the will. So mm if you've got someone that wants to be in charge that's great so i'll, I'll just tell my own story actually i talked about my business called for first class coaching solutions and that was the first name i came up with and i set up my coaching business but then when i set up my um my website my website actually is the reluctantleader.academy um so the story i had was that i joined the family retail business uh, direct from school uh, enjoyed majority of that journey but it wasn't until I got to the position where I was spending most of my time in a position of authority um, and managing people where my motivations started to dip and the latter years uh, before I sold that business my motivations were quite low and that's why it when I came across that sort of the concept of Reluctant Leader um it sort of resonated with me and then I realized actually those are the sort of people I want to help I want to I want to help business owners that have started a business for a reason to solve a problem because they were good at something but when they get to a point where they've got a team around them and they're managing people that's when their motivations start to drift and they're not fulfilling what they really need and they're spending well they're not fulfilling their motivations in one uh, firstly and secondly they're spending most of their time doing the that least motivates them so we had a conversation before we started recording and our lowest motivator we share the lowest motivator um and and that is being in charge being responsible for others we don't we don't get energy from it but Mm. we've got another thing in common is we know how to do it we've done it loads of times i've done it i've been there i can do it not a problem doing it i've got the skills i've got all the training i've got the knowledge and experience to do it But I don't want to do it too long because ultimately it doesn't give me motivation and so when we talk about performance when we are first well there's three elements when we're running a business we've got to think about we've got to think about uh, the direction we're going and the, the way I summarize that is what problem are we going to solve the second thing we've got to think about is the skills the knowledge experience to be able to solve that problem and thirdly surprisingly it's the motivation or the why why are we doing this what's in it for us why are we bothering why you know why should we do this because there's probably hundreds if not thousands of other people doing the same as us so it's tapping into those three elements making sure those all those three elements are being well met um, understanding and in a business context if you're employed then the, the last two you've got to have the skills and you've got to have the motivation to perform well because you know the direction or the job role is already set for you you just got to make sure you pick the right one and you t- take the right role for you mm-hmm. um so it's skills and will that matter and make sure those two are being well met
0: brilliant thank you so the uh, one of the services that you provide is a, a motivational map mm-hmm. um tell us a bit more about about that
1: so uh, one of the problems with motivation has been that it's been very difficult to firstly describe it um, and then to measure it. Um, and when we, can, when we can describe something and measure it, we then are able to improve it because uh, we can take action around it because there's something that we can actually base on. And, and whether it's good or bad, um, the motivations um, are or say good or bad. I mean, the, the fulfilment levels are good or bad. Then we can take action because we know where we're starting with if you're if you've got oh. not got that information you are you're you're, you're you're trying to do it in the dark you, you you're guessing and um, so what we don't want to do is is to guess because it's very difficult to firstly to really describe what motivates you if you're leading a team if you can't if firstly you need to be the most motivated person and um, so, so that's important but then trying to guess what motivates your team again is very difficult because it's it's difficult to guess your own let alone others you can but certain behaviors might give it away um, but we don't want to um, rely on guesswork so what motivation maps does as i explained it gives us a language to describe motivation it gives us nine motivations to work which we're all we all have all nine but actually we have them all in different orders and each nine uh, or each of the nine have different strengths so once we know that firstly is, is the first start the first point of, um, that we can measure the next thing we can find out is the fulfillment levels for each one of those nine motivations for an individual um, and then once we know that as i said we can then put a reward strategy in which then actually complements those motivations for the individual and the team. So when, when we have that sort of diagnostic, um, so it's a, it's a sort of 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes it takes to do, uh, and then the report comes back to the individual or the t- or the manager, which allows them to give them a report. Uh, and what I'm a very strong advocate of is that individuals should take responsibility responsibility for their own motivation. So even if you're managing a team, you're not responsible for the motivation of your team. What you are responsible for is knowing what it is that your team need from you to make sure their motivations are being met. And that is, in many ways, is communication skills in most instances, which I can allude to again because it sort of connects to the the nine motivation. But essentially, um, communication skills are essential when you come into a, a leadership role. But when you know what those those motivations are for your team you can be clearer about exactly what communication skills you need to use most
0: brilliant thank you And so you get a sort of, um, it's on a scale, isn't it? You've got three, your three most motivating factors sort of at the top down to then your three most uh, least, (laughs) least motivating factors. And it's quite telling when I did it, I found that the three most motivating factors were actually kind of obvious when I thought about it. I thought, oh, that's why I'm attracted to doing that type of work more than other types types of work but the bottom three factors were actually really telling because i thought you know particularly being um somebody who who runs a consultancy business um and you sort of in the early days particularly you're you're doing it all you're pulled in lots of different directions you you're doing a lot of different sorts of tasks Mm -hmm. um but i would always sort of leave certain tasks to you know Another time, (laughs) or put it off, or procrastinate, or not be particularly keen to do certain things, and so that was really quite telling for me. And then, so you're just learning about yourself more, which can only help, can't it, as you sort of manage during day to day life?
1: Well, why this is important, especially when you're self-employed, is that the things that you are motivated by, well, you will do them without really thinking about them because you're motivated by them. There's, there's a, 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 you've got the motive and you take the action. The things yeah. you've got to be wary of are those things that are low down on your priorities that could potentially uh, prevent you from success in your business because you're not paying enough attention to them. So I come across coaches that are um, their lowest motivator is money. Uh, so they're not concentrating on their pricing. They're not making sure that they're getting paid, all those sort of things, which, you know, we know businesses need money to 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 uh, survive and then there might be someone that is driven by not really wanting recognition uh, and that tends to be connected to marketing so they're not promoting themselves enough they're not they're not shouting loud enough they're not getting out there enough and we know that again we need to market ourselves if we've got a service people have got to know about it and they're um, not suddenly going to find us they're not suddenly just for for you know it'd be very um lucky if someone just suddenly found you without you actually promoting yourself or marketing yourself in some way. So it's important yeah. to do it. Yeah. So those that's the key, that lowest motivator is a key in, in many instances for, for individuals when they're running business. Um, it probably indicates their their Achilles heel and where they need to um rather than use motivation, it's more about making sure that they have the discipline to do it as opposed to the mm. will to do it. Mm,
0: yeah absolutely so so can motivating factors change over time so Mm -hmm. or and circumstance I suppose so depending on circumstances that you find yourself in so if you go from employed to being self-employed or vice versa or you know your circumstances change significantly in some other way can motivate can can what motivates you change over time or is it sort of a a thing that's ingrained in you and it doesn't really change
1: Uh, so the difference between motivation and the psychometrics that you mentioned where you know we can find out how people behave the way that they like to do things is those things those behavioral styles don't tend to change unless we are working towards changing them so it's a conscious thing motivations will change because there's three elements at play so firstly there's our past so we're all influenced by our past Uh, we can't get away from that because we, we, that, that is the person that we, we have become because of the experiences we've had. It's about the way we've brought up, the, the things that have happened to us, all those thoughts. So essentially, that's our personality. Um, the second element is the things that are happening around us now. So our present circumstances, and that can change dramatically, as we know, um, you, know you can suddenly lose your job. For, for instance or you know you might have a you know lose a big client if you're in business so those present circumstances have an effect um, but also um there's an, a third element which is the future where we're heading to what it is that we want in the future so when we're where we're heading to is is obviously key and, but sometimes our our past and our present can hold us back to from getting to where we want because we've too focused on the past and the present we lose sight of the future and where we need to be so these things have all got to be kept in balance and, and really tap into what is it we're trying to achieve what's the business about what is it that we want um uh, to achieve and sometimes when we talk about money for business a business needs money but a lot of people aren't motivated by money um, mm. so if it's not about money what is it and the thing that comes up more often than not especially with you know entrepreneurs business owners is that they want freedom they want freedom to make their own choices they want freedom to do things the way they want to do them um, and the more freedom they have the happier they are so they're not being told oh. what to do they're not having to do things that they have to do they're only doing things that they want to do so they're fulfilling their motivations more often and they get other people to do the things that they don't want to do and i'm not <laughs> not motivated by that's the key so when you yeah. find something that is unmotivating, and if you find yourself doing it most of the time, then that's really what you want to avoid. Making make sure that that task is you know the first thing, first opportunity you get to delegate. That would be a good move because it's even though you can do it, you've got the skills to do it, it probably is draining your energy because it's not motivating you.
0: Mm, great okay thank you and I think you touched on it earlier on but I wonder how important it is for a a manager or a business leader or someone who's leading a a team to be aware of their own motivations um can you can you tell us a bit about that
1: well uh, what I say about that is that you need to be the most motivated person
0: um Mm. so
1: to do that you've got to be in tune with what it is that motivates you so, again, mm. it's a key there is understanding what it is. Most people don't really understand what motivates them. If they, and, and that's that's where Motivation Maps can give us a language to describe it. Um, and once they, you describe it in the, in the language that motivation, uh, motivation Maps uses, they suddenly realise, yes, that is that is really important to me. Uh, and that's why you know I get up in the morning. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And when those things are being fulfilled, I know I'm in a good place. And... Um, So as a business owner, it's more than, or a business owner or a team leader. If if you're responsible for any other people, then you need to be the most motivated person because how how, how could you expect to motivate uh, your team or be part of that process if you're not? uh, And I've talked about the energy thing. If you've got energy, you are more likely going to be transferring that energy to your team. And if your energy level is low because your motivations are low, then again, that's gonna transfer to your team.
0: Great, thank you. That's really interesting. You were talking just before about uh, freedom and that um, people are often motivated by a sense of freedom or control over how they work Mm -hmm. and what they do and and, uh, over their work, basically. So Mm -hmm. it reminded me of Daniel Pink's book, Drive, Mm-hmm. Where he talks about what motivates us, and it's not necessarily what we might think. Um, and he talks about autonomy, in you know a desire that we have a, a bit of a desire to have some control over um, over how we work. And he talks about mastery being um that we have a desire again to kind of continuously grow and learn and improve Mm -hmm. ourselves in something that's important to us and then he talks about purpose so in that context you know understanding why you're doing what you're doing and um, having a real sort of sense of meaning and purpose to your work so he talks kind of about about that I was just wondering what your thoughts were around Daniel Pink's theories
1: I like it. I've read his book, Anything in Motivation, I've read. Um, but what I think um, Daniel talks about is more of the higher level self-actualization uh, motivations. So in motivational maps term, we call these growth motivators. So freedom, making a difference, um, innovation, new new things, growth. So essentially they're the, the, the motivations that Daniel's talking about there and absolutely I agree that most people are striving to get those things motivated those motivations met. But I think if we if we only look at those three things, there is other things that are particularly important at a moment that um, if we just focused on those three things, we've been missing something that's really important and that is people at the moment are I'm not and I'm seeing this in the results I'm getting from my motivation map work is that people are looking for some certainty and some security, which is you could say on a Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, sort of um, pyramid uh, uh, diagram way is, yeah. is, is lower level motivations. But what, yeah. what, what I think the more useful way of thinking about motivations is is not as a pyramid because actually Maslow never actually intended it to be a, a, a pyramid it's a bit of a misconception our motivations as we've already mentioned are changing all the time with our our um present circumstances our past and our future so actually what we're thinking about really are some bricks that sort of are on top of one another but if we lose one of those bricks it falls out then everything sort of has to sort of reframe and and we need to sort of uh, recover in in some ways so motivations are things that are Connected to one another, and we are. Aww. It's almost like an energy w- where we're, we're heading to. It's like something that's um, pulling us in a certain direction um, because of our circumstances and where we've got. But those things can be quite easily uh, changed. As we know, things can change in the workplace, it can change at home, it can change. So, lots of things that can happen which could possibly take us off track. Um, so when we talk about just a, a pyramid, which seems like we're just stepping up, it's it's more it's too too basic a theory I think. Um, but Daniel Daniel Pink's work I think concentrated on those higher levels of the Maslow's hierarchy, which as we get older and more wiser and and more experienced, then yes they tend to be more important, but we mustn't lose. Um, side of the fact that a lot of people come to work for belonging some people want to come to work to feel secure they want to come to work for other things just for recognition and get noticed and feel that they are in a position that um, is fulfilling that drive for being noticed and getting recognition and, and social esteem Um, so um that I would suggest that anybody reads that book it's great content but there's probably more to it than than uh, he covers in those um in in that book particularly
0: yeah interesting and I think things like belonging and recognition and you know contributing to something that's larger than just us these are sort of basic human needs really aren't they but uh, perhaps yeah. yeah
1: I've, I've, yeah. I've worked with clients that have um, have ha- had a, a, a drive in that one of their top three motivations was security, um, and it it was it seemed a bit strange because they've been in business for a long time and they were still striving for security when their business had been going for like ten years and you think well that's strange. But what we what I don't what I didn't realize at the time, and this was the early days of when I was using motivational maps, was realizing that those three factors are always at play, and we talk about that past situation when we have had something that quite significant happen in our past that can quite often prevent us uh, from doing certain things which affects our motivation so so in this instance i was going to share with you is that this person from what from what they was the actions and the things they were doing their team their team was telling me that uh, he is is motivated by money because he always talks about money and we can't stop talking about it but what i noticed about him was that when i when i put my invoice in he paid me the next day um, and also when we were talking about people that owed him money he was quite fidgety about it so he didn't like people owning money and he didn't like owing anybody else money hence he paid me the next day which is unusual it doesn't normally happen but that went back to something that happened in his childhood, um, which he shared with me, I won't share with you what exactly it was, was now, but that's the sort of thing that, and that's why we've got to be, always be aware that things that have happened to our past, whatever we're trying to do, they can quite often become our sort of uh, buffers and, uh, and our breaks on our, our, our success. Because we haven't dealt with them, or, or we're not aware of them, and they they keep holding us back from doing the things that we need to do to get the success we're looking for. Um, so it's it's very it's strange. I, I'm not I'm not into that therapeutics coaching sort of world. I don't do that, but it's amazing how often motivational maps bring out something like that because we can't, you can't help it. Nobody is a business owner. Ultimately, everyone's a person, uh, and mm. they have a past, a present, oh. and a future. And it's all going on
0: that's really interesting thank you so i find it fascinating that you've noticed a bit of a trend for certainty and security coming through in mm. motivational maps not surprising given the current climate mm-hmm. um but i was going to ask what your thoughts were around motivation given you know coming out of the pandemic and um we've had massive changes to the workplace with remote working and hybrid working becoming more acceptable Mm -hmm. um so I wondered if um yeah I just wondered what the impact of the pandemic had been on this area and I I know you've touched on uh, what you've seen in the motivational maps which is really interesting is there anything else that that you've been aware of
1: um yeah I think um what, what we're thinking about here is a lot of people have got a, a view one way or the other, whether people should be in the office or whether they should be able to work at home. For me, I think it should be a personal decision as long as they can perform, as long as they can do their job. And as long as that fits in with the what the business is trying to do. You know, I think if 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 you're expecting people to come back to work and work in the old, you know, the environment of the office, then give them a reason why they need to because if they performed um. well at home and they, they prefer to work at home then why are you making them do something that actually is probably demotivating because you're not going to get um, well. performance um, so it's, it's tapping into that and realizing that some people will miss the office so those people that have high belonging uh, as, as, as a driver will miss actually interacting with other people and they don't want they want don't want to be working from home other people that see freedom as more important will cherish the re, uh, not having to get on the, you know, the commuter train or whatever, and realise that they that saves them sort of maybe two three hours a day where they're just getting to work. Um, so it's actually, if you think about it, what we need to do is use motivations as the key to making sure that the 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 the, the, um, the conditions that we create for everyone suits their motivations because um, mm. what we're talking about here is that, that we can't motivate people unless we know what motivates them that's the key yeah. and when we when, when you think about motivational speakers those those motivational speakers can't motivate us um, in most cases cases they will inspire us because they inspire us because they tell us a story most cases, cases they'll tell you a story of you know adversity through to overcoming that adversity to success so it inspires i think well yeah they can do it i can do it too so it's more inspiring than motivation so we can't motivate people but what we can do is we can create the right environment to allow those people to to thrive and, and be motivated so whatever it is you that they want if you are giving them what they want then they're going to get that energy and motivation for, fulfilled by their role so it's creating the right environment like you say to allow yeah. people to motiv- to be motivated and and if they're motivated they're more than likely going to perform better um and when when you think about managing people um one of the things that i do with my clients now is rather than have an appraisal um i introduce motivational action plans so most appraisal appraisal processes are unsuccessful they don't get they don't achieve what they sh- they set out to do they don't um, uh, improve performance in most cases most people come out of the process feeling almost they need a bit of recovery time to go over it because um, because it hasn't been sort of d- delivered very well and those people that are trying to deliver that process again don't really want to be there they're not trained enough to do it they don't really want to do it. it's part of their role that they probably hate more than anything else and so why have it why have that why don't you just actually forget that and forget that trying to make an appraisal process work Why don't you actually think about an action plan for the individual, making sure their motivations are being met as much as possible in their role, and then linking those motivations to the goals of their business and how they fit in and and communicating in that way. And in that way, if you do that, then you're getting a win-win for the business and the individual. And, you know, once that's embedded, those those, um, motivational action plan sessions are going to be well-received. People are going to look forward to them because... There's no real downside. Um, we're not going into the, oh, yeah, but you did this, that, and the other, and, and trying to bring in the things that went wrong. And that's another reason why processes don't work, is we focus too much on the things that went wrong and don't focus enough on the things that went right. And, and you'll know this. You know We've got to make sure we catch people doing things right. And that needs to be yeah. four or five times more often than we catch people doing things wrong to make us effective. Because people, when they detect all you're doing is making noticing when things are wrong ultimately people switch off to you because you don't notice the good things you only look for the bad and so people think well it's, you know they're gonna then they don't see any good in me it's only the bad and so so what's the point in trying and so that you know that's a, another sort of leadership skill which is key catching people in and thr- doing things right yeah
0: but I think one reason why appraisals have a bit of a dodgy reputation sometimes is that You know, people save things up to the appraisal rather than dealing with them at the time whether it's negative or positive yeah. you know calling someone out on something great that they've done and making sure they get the appropriate recognition mm-hmm. um, you know at the time because otherwise if it's four months later the moment's gone it's it becomes a little bit less a bit meaningless sure. and if it's negative then things you know potentially do need to be dealt with at the time mm-hmm. um, something's perhaps gone a little bit awry but again that can be dealt with in a positive way like you know this this happened and now we need to kind of fix it and we need to work together and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And, you know, it's not a blame game, but it's just dealing with something in a timely fashion rather than saving it up. I think that's a bit of a tendency that I've seen is yeah. that managers hate or hate dealing with these things and we'll, we'll save them up to the last minute. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Great. If you Great. think
1: about it, it's just an absolute nightmare situation, isn't it? I mean, it, it tends to be one of those things of let's get this out of the way, um, which, yeah. you know is the question is, is is that actually something that's um worthwhile for the business or the individual and, and in most cases yeah. I, I don't think it works
0: yeah great thank you so you've talked about um appraisals I'm just wondering if there's any other process that you can think of within the organization that you can use the information that you get from a motivational map um mm-hmm. you know to improve any other processes
1: well um yeah good, good question that is actually because one of the things that um um employees want is they they want a voice in most cases um and it's quite tricky sometimes to give them that voice you think well how can we give individuals uh, a voice because it might get so complicated and there's so many things um, people's opinion coming in but motivational maps actually give your everyone in your business a voice because it's telling the business this is why i come to work and so yeah. if you if you once you know what why everyone comes to work, you'll have a pretty oh. good idea of the key motivations within the business. and then you think, right, okay, so what does that tell us about how are those motivations actually helping us fulfill the the the, the goals of the business and, and and what the business is trying to achieve? And if they're out of line, if you're trying to so for instance, if you are you talk about being an expert business, so you're a specialist in something and mm-hmm. then you find that one of the lowest motivators in your team is expert um, <laughs> it, it's a key indication that wh- however much you're going to try to be that expert or specialist you probably won't achieve it because nobody really wants to um mm-hmm. and so that, that that's way where you can actually give a voice but it's a subtle voice and it's think ah right okay now we know why that or Maybe that team's not performing, or actually, why the organisation is isn't quite fulfilling its, its, for, its um, it, 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 what it needs to. It maybe we need to address um, fulfilling motivations and making sure that those things are, are in line, and, and sometimes recruiting people, particularly yeah. uh, specific, specifically on on motivations as opposed to just the skills, and and then, and then we talk about purpose here. You know, we're talking about businesses that have a clear purpose are the ones that are most successful. So they're not just focused on a financial gain. They're actually got a reason why they exist. And that, again, is a link to why people come to work. So, you know, that's one thing that comes to mind. um, And and I explore explore a bit more in my book about those sort of things that how we can use different motivations in different scenarios. Um, And there are many, many ways leadership there is um, engagement um, within um, and also coaching people um, making sure that there is a coaching culture in a business and motivational maps help that so there's many many ways that if motivation and motivation maps is in a business there is an opportunity to use the information in such a positive way whether it's an individual team organizational way there's loads of ways to essentially put energy into all those three elements
0: brilliant thank you and we're coming to the end of our time I was just wondering if you had any final thoughts on this um subject before we sort of sign off are there any sort of key takeaways you want to mention or final thoughts
1: um I think what we're thinking about here I think if we talk about it in context of HR um you know there are you know what I'm seeing more is that there are People within HR that are trying to um, prevent problems as opposed to deal with problems, and so when we have a, a, a mechanism which will actually um, prevent problems, so one of the things um, motivation or maps helps with is retaining the right staff and making oh. sure the skills that you need in your business aren't walking out the door. And why why do pe- why do people leave an organisation? Well, most people say they leave an organization because of their manager okay and, and i always agree with that um but first of all let's think about the manager are they actually do they want to be a manager or are their motivations being met by their role firstly is that is that the reason you know if those people have been well well trained then maybe that's why they've got managers that don't want to be managers and then when you talk about people when they're leaving then if people are leaving the organisation, in most cases, it's because they're not getting the things that they want fulfilled in their role. So if you can use a tool like Motivational Maps to identify what people come to work for, you've got a far better chance of retaining those skills and those people that you are reliant on to allow your business to grow.
0: Brilliant. That's brilliant. Thank you. That's such a good point. Excellent, which is, of course, very difficult. You know, it's hard to recruit and retain in, in the current market. It's a real challenge. And, of and course very it's costly. expensive. Yeah, indeed. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, if people would like to get in touch with you, Mark, what's the best way they can get in touch with you?
1: So I'll mention my, my website, which is the reluctant leader.academy. Um, lots of information there freebies and downloads and all that sort of stuff, and links to pretty much everything I do. Feel free to link in with me on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably where most of my content put out. Um, so yeah, feel free. Um, and if I can, then um, I will share a link where, if anybody's interested in my book, then they can um, order that book and just pay for the postage packaging. So I'll, I'll share that with you, um, Polly. If you want Brilliant. to share that.
0: Yeah. That would be great. Thank you. We'll include it with the links with the uh, notes that go alongside the episode. Fabulous. Thank you so much for your time and your insights, Mark. And um, yeah, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Really enjoyed it.